Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon, and we hope it blesses and encourages you. Hey, I want to welcome you to Renovate Church and to our service uh, here this morning. Uh, I hope you had a fantastic Christmas. Here we are just a couple days uh, past Christmas and just a few days from the end of 2020. I can't believe that this year is already almost over. Uh, In some respects, it's gone really slow. In other respects, it's gone really fast. Like, in all honesty, I cannot believe that we are here at the end of 2020. Um, but 2021, hopefully, is going to offer us um, a fresh start and exciting uh, new year. So, again, I'm glad that you you're joining us for our service today. Um, I personally love the beach. Uh, That's something that from the time I was four or five years old uh, and my mom took me and my brother to Clearwater Beach, I have always just enjoyed the beach. Uh, I think it's something that my family has adopted as well. Uh, Just uh, a few weeks ago, we were sitting around talking about some of the uh, best memories that we had as a family and inevitably many of them would go back to our beach trips. One of the things that we like to do as a family and we almost 20 years straight we went to Outer Banks in North Carolina and would just spend time there and again some of our greatest memories came from there. So I love the beach, April loves the beach, our kids love the beach. And uh, there's just something about it. There's something about the water and the waves and the sun and the sand and the, the sky that's just, just really, really soothing. But here's the thing. The beach can also be a dangerous place because One of the things that you have to watch out for at the beach, and this happened to us many times, is the beach has this thing called currents. And currents are these things that many times you don't see when you're at the beach. A lot of times you're you're looking at the water and everything looks normal and there'll be a red flag up there at the beach and it'll say, hey, don't go in the water today, Um, strong currents or heavy currents. And you don't, you look and you think, man, everything looks 
normal, but yet what we don't know many times that experienced people like lifeguards know is that underneath the visible eye and underneath uh, what you can see, the water, is that there are these strong currents that can be dangerous. And if you get in a rip current, it can end up taking you where you do not want to go. It can end up exhausting you and it can end up being detrimental to your life if you're not careful. There are actually, I think it's like something like 20 times more people who die every year from rip currents than they do from shark attacks. So currents, we love the beach, but the beach can also be a dangerous place because of, of, of currents that are going on underneath. I know our family got an opportunity to experience this firsthand one year uh, when my dad and my stepmom and me and my two stepbrothers were uh, on vacation in North Carolina at Emerald Isle. And my stepbrother was out uh, swimming. Uh, my stepbrother Mike, my other stepbrother Scott was out swimming. Uh, Mike's girlfriend was out there as well. And all of a sudden, they got caught in a rip current. And Scott fortunately was able to, to get in and he went back out and got uh, my brother Mike's girlfriend. She was unconscious at the time brought her in and then Mike, unfortunately, Scott could not get to him. And I think probably 30 to 40 minutes, he was out stuck in this current until somebody at a beach house, a uh, few houses down, brought a, an inner tube and gave it to Scott and he took it out, was able to get it to Mike and bring him back in. And Mike laid on the beach for hours exhausted. And here's the thing, he got caught in a current. And man, I don't know if there's been any year like this past year where the currents that are going on in our culture and the currents that are going on in our world want to come and affect our lives spiritually. And this morning, I want to focus in on the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is uh, the 19th book in uh, the New Testament, so it's, it's almost towards the end. Uh, it comes right after a book called Philemon. It comes right before the book of James. It's 13 chapters. And the author of the book of Hebrews is writing to a group of Christians who, because of their own cultural currents and because of the currents in their climate in which they were living, they were actually getting pulled off course. And the author of Hebrews is writing to them and he's reminding them of this superiority or uh, the, the, the prize that we have in Jesus Christ. And to not get pulled away from 
our commitment to Christ, not get pulled away from the purpose that God has for our life. So he's writing into this situation and he's reminding them of of the superiority of Jesus to everything else, the superiority of Jesus to angels, the superiority of Jesus to Moses, the superiority of Jesus to the Old Testament, the superiority of Jesus to the government, the superiority of Jesus, right, to a stimulus, however we want to put it in there. And he's writing to them and he's he's reminding them of the incredible inheritance that we have in Christ. But also he's reminding them of five currents that want to come into their lives and ultimately derail their faith. Let me read what one of the commentators said uh, that I read this past week. Uh, I thought he put it really, really well. He said this. After, it almost sounded like an intro to one of the uh, Star Wars episodes when I read this. He said, after the Christian community had existed for a few decades, the enthusiasm that characterized its earlier years began to wane. The expected return of Christ had not taken place. Opposition to the movement had developed from different quarters, and doubts were beginning to arise concerning any permanent significance that Christianity might have over other religious sects, parties, or belief systems. To counteract these tendencies and to strengthen the faith of Christians who were associated with this new movement called Christianity was the main and chief purpose of the letter. The author reminds these listeners of the benefit and superiority of following Jesus and then warns them of five currents that they needed to watch out for that was was coming to derail their faith. Listen. Um, as, a, as your pastor uh, speaking in, uh, into your situation, I can tell you that, uh, as I said earlier, 2020 has been an extremely challenging year. I think we have got hit with things uh, like never before. I mean, there, there, there has been the pandemic, the economic challenges. There's been quarantining and isolation. There's been mental health issues, loss. There's been uh, uh, the uncertainty that's going on. There's the political unrest. There's been riots. There's, there's all these things that have come uh, to uh, disrupt our lives and to disrupt our faith. And I can tell you, I was sharing with our leadership team the other day, I said, hey, some of the things that all of us have experienced are inevitable. We can't go through the kind of disruption that we've gone through this past year and not have it affect us. But we we also have to be careful that, that the things that have happened don't deform us. That don't, again, these currents that are going on don't end up taking us places that we don't want to go. They don't end up being detrimental to our lives because, yes, there are things that are inevitable that we uh, 
are adjusting to and facing. But, but again, here's the thing. We have to be careful that the rhythms in our lives and, and the new normals, right, are, are the healthy things. And so the writer of Hebrews says, hey, there's five currents that I want you to watch out for. And I think that what he wrote at that particular time to that particular group of believers was extremely relevant to them. And guys, I can tell you that it's just as relevant to us today. Every single one of these things that I'm going to talk about today, uh, I've faced, I've seen those around me have to face, and they're just as relevant today. So here's the first one. He says this. He says, in light of who Jesus is and what he's done and the promises that we have in him and in knowing him and walking with him, he says this, make sure that you don't drift. The warning to be diligent in our spiritual lives. Listen what he says in Hebrews chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. He says this, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And God has testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So the author of Hebrews comes in and he says, hey, the first thing that I, I, I want to warn you about is that all of us have the propensity to drift in our spiritual lives. Actually, many times, the default mode of our lives, if we're not intentional, is to drift. I know for me personally, and this might be a little, um, uh, being, being a little bit vulnerable, um, man, I was, you know, a professional athlete and worked out and, and all this. And I mean, that was part of my job at times, six hours a day when I was playing professionally. And when I first got done playing, uh, I didn't want to work out at that same intensity. I, like, man, I've done this for like 15 years. I don't want to uh, continue to do it at this intensity. Um, and so I had a season where I really didn't work out that much. And I, I kind of was okay with that. I was like, yeah, man, I need a break, right? Like, things are... But what happened was that these patterns, these new patterns developed in my life where I completely drifted. And I remember literally about 15 months ago, April coming to me and she said, man, when's the last time you went and worked out? And I started thinking about it and I thought, man, it's been six months. 
since I worked out. I had a membership to Gold's. And I started thinking, holy cow. Like, I can't believe that it's been six months because, I mean, my desire was there. Um, I, I, I mean, it was always on my mind. I would get a little bit of free time and I would always think, hey, you know what, I probably, I should probably go get a quick workout in. It's, it's healthy for me to go get a quick, but what would happen is, man, the motivation wasn't quite there. Something would come up. Then uh, I think, oh, I gotta go take care of this. or I gotta go run this errand or gotta make this phone call. So what happened is, man, all of a sudden, I hadn't realized how much my health had drifted. When all of a sudden I started thinking, oh my gosh, it had been six months. So here's the thing. I think he's writing and he's telling us, listen, our natural propensity can be to drift spiritually. And many times we don't even know like how far we've drifted down the beach. I'll never forget being at the Outer Banks one time and uh, my wife's brother Craig and um, his wife Margaret, they had a daughter um, and uh, Sarah, she was the youngest, they, they had uh, two older siblings and we were sitting there, we had our uh, chairs in the beach and we had our umbrella and we were all kind of just playing in our area and all of a sudden Sarah began to just walk down the beach and she got probably oh man a good 30 40 yards down the beach and Craig her dad said all right I'm gonna go I'm gonna go get her but I'm gonna see how far she will go before she turns around to realize maybe where she's at and she was just walking down the beach and kicking the shells and wading in and out of the water and just what well, made might have been singing to herself and she's going down the beach and honestly she probably got a half mile she was like three years old maybe four years old she got about a half mile down the beach before she turned around and all of a sudden she realized how she didn't know where she was and fortunately, Craig was there, her dad, and she didn't see him at first, and he came in and got her and walked her. He, he came back, he said, I cannot believe that she got a half mile down the beach. The writer of Hebrews is coming in and he's telling us, he says, hey, be careful that, that we don't drift in our spiritual life. The warning to be intentional and the warning to be diligent in our spiritual lives. So here's my question to you. Are you gonna be proactive during this time, even in the midst of the difficulty, even in the midst of the current cultural, the, the currents that we're facing culturally? Are you gonna let those just take you or are you going to be intentional and diligent to invest into your spiritual life and journey? Writer of Hebrews says, hey, be careful that you don't drift. So here's the second thing that he warns us about. And it comes out of Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. So he says, hey, first, make sure you don't drift. Second, make sure that you don't disbelieve. Because there is going to be a pressure on our lives 
many times because of everything that's going on in the culture. I'm just telling you, like this is a difficult time. I've never seen people more uh, unsettled in their lives, in their faith, in their situations. Like, hey, which side should I be on? There's people over here who are, who are talking about, hey, this is what it means to really be a follower of Jesus and, 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 and uh, what we need to be standing up for now and fighting. And then there's people who are over here that's like, no, like it's the exact opposite. Like, here's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and here's, here's what we need to be acting like and thinking like, and here's what's important, and other people, and then here's what's, no, here's what's important. Then you got people in the middle that are kind of just looking on both sides, and I've just sensed and I've actually seen many people who've just said, you know what, I'm just going to check out. I'm just going to check out of this, the, this whole church thing, this whole faith. Hey, I'm going to keep my own faith. It's going to be private, uh, but man, really I'm checking out of, of really at a high level, uh, just really pursuing Jesus and walking with Jesus and walking uh, with other believers. He tells us, don't disbelieve. The, the warning, he tells us, uh, to continue to encourage one another during this time. Listen, look at what he says in Hebrews 3, 12-14. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. He says, make sure that this subtle unbelief or disbelief does not come in to your heart, does not come in to your walk with God. I've used this illustration before, but I think it's one of the best ones because the reality is that over the last 50 years, about 500,000 people a year just in North America have walked out the doors of a church never to come back. Um, they've said that uh, they're just disillusioned with faith. They're disillusioned with the church and, and uh, just the, um, the, the challenges that you find in the church and the mistakes of the church and all this. So 500,000 people a year have walked out the doors of a North American church not to come back. And um, to me, one of the best ways I could illustrate this is uh, in the movie Cinderella Man, which is one of my favorites. And um, it was actually a time that was very difficult as well in our country. It was during the Great Depression. And what you have is you have uh, Russell Crowe playing um, 
uh, a famous boxer, James J. Braddock. And uh, Braddock at one time was a very successful boxer and was, was working his way towards maybe being a champion. And uh, he got injured and uh, couldn't fight anymore. And then of course the depression hit and, and people uh, were losing their jobs and losing their economic uh, opportunity. And what was happening is that, that many were, people were just walking away from their families and walking away because of the discouragement and because of the disillusionment. And in one particular scene, you just see uh, a man just walking away, just kind of with his bags, just kind of cold-hearted, and, and, and his wife kind of, and kids kind of coming behind him, just kind of appealing to him, don't, you know, don't leave, don't leave. And this person just, they had resolved in themselves, like, I can't take the pressure. I can't take what's going on. And I just need to walk away. And, and what happened with James Braddock is his son, his young son one day went and he stole a big like piece of uh, meat from the local store and Braddock found out about it and uh, had him take it back and return it and he was telling his son, son, that's not who we are. That's not how we respond in crisis. This is, hey, we're going to walk with integrity. We're going to walk with conviction. We're going to walk with honesty no matter what happens. And the son begins to cry and he says, Daddy, you have to make me a promise that you won't leave us. And he looks him in the eye and he says, I don't care how bad it gets. I won't leave you. And I just think that in this, this last year with all the challenges that we've faced, the, the, the pressure for many to just walk away from their commitment to Christ and just walk away from the call of God on their lives and walk away from the purposes of God on their lives. And the writer of Hebrews is writing into this exact context. They're feeling pressure. They're feeling cultural currents. They're feeling persecution. They're wanting potentially to walk away. And he says, like, don't disbelieve. Don't, don't allow the circumstances to come in and, and pull your faith away from you, rob you of your faith. And he, and he gives us the key, the, the proactive side. He says, listen, be intentional in continuing to encourage one another. Listen, more so now than ever, we need to be encouraging one another. That That's one of the things that we um, highly esteem and value here at Renovate is 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 encouraging one another, sending texts and how are you doing and we're standing with you and raising each other's arms because we're all going to go through times of doubt. We're all going to go through times of difficulty and disbelief. And he tells us, look at what he says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you be, may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Listen, sin has the ability to, to not only be deceived, but, but to harden us and to harden our hearts. And then he says this. He says, so, so don't drift. Don't disbelieve. He says, don't, don't degenerate. Don't allow yourself to go backwards in your faith and to go backwards in your calling. He says, it's a warning to continue to avail ourselves 
to spiritual growth, to intentionally put ourselves in environments. And I shared this with one of the folks in Renovate the other day, and I love this. Uh, and and I, I shared, I think it was with Angela Marks, and it was after a service, and I said, hey, one of the um, most poignant things that I heard among many when I was on staff at Traders Point Christian Church in Indianapolis and one Sunday our pastor Aaron Brockett stood up and he said he said guys I just want to give you a little bit of the heartbeat of why we do everything that we do why we do services why we do small groups why we we do um, uh, uh, women's Bible studies, why we do men's studies, why we do service, why we do member, like, why, why do we do everything that we do? He says, it's really simple. He says, we just want to every single week give people an opportunity to be in proximity to Jesus because we believe He changes everything. So why do we do our services, worship services? give people an opportunity to get near to Jesus, to have proximity to Jesus through his presence, through worship, through his people, through the preaching of his word. So why do we do small groups? To bring people into proximity to Jesus through his people, through his word, right? Through his grace. And I was sharing that with Angela and I said, I said just last week I was sharing with another member and person at Renovate and I said why do we why do we keep doing everything that we're doing and I said Angela it's it's really this it's to bring people into proximity to Jesus because he changes everything we don't do these things for us we do these things for you and the writer of Hebrews is saying be intentional about availing yourself to the means of grace, to, to, spirit, to the body of Christ, to other people, to worship, to the preaching of His Word, to the study, of, to prayer, all these things. Why? Because they keep us close to Jesus and they keep us on mission. Look at what he says in Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. He says, we have much to say about this, much to say to you, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. These people were in a place where they were drifting. He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the elementary truths of God. You need milk and not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. He's writing to, to, to these, these folks and he's saying like, hey, you started well, like you were running your race well, you were, you were passionate and you were growing, but now you've, you've become derailed. Your spiritual growth has stopped. He said like in... I'm passionate for you to, to continue to grow. He goes on in chapter 6 and talks about the exact same thing, about pressing on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of all these things. He says, but my, my, my passion is that you would press on to maturity. 
So he says, don't drift. Don't disbelieve. Don't degenerate. Don't deform in your faith in the midst of this time. And then he says this. I mean, he goes on to say in Hebrews 6, 9 through 11. He says, even though we speak like this, <laughs> dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case. The things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him. <clears throat> as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Man, what a strong exhortation. Look at what he says there. He says, we want you, each of you, to show this, this same diligence to the very end so that that what you hope for may be fully realized. What you hope for, what? Man, the things that God has invested in you, the things that God has shown you, the purpose on your life, the, the promises that God has made for you that you have to stand for, that you have to fight for. He's saying, like, show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We don't want you to become sluggish or lazy as some have, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So man, he says, don't fall into the current of spiritual apathy. Come on, guys. That's a big one. That's a big one. And I said it already, I know that things have been difficult and this year has been hard, but, but don't let it form spiritual apathy in you. You gotta move in the opposite. Sometimes we have to do things that are counterintuitive to us, that, that seem like we're, we're going above and beyond. Sometimes we have to, to do that, right? To break out of those patterns. And then fourth, he says this, don't despise. The warning to not let hardships demoralize you. Hebrews 10, 32 through 39, he says, again, writing to this group of believers who were going through, thinking about turning their back, thinking about walking away, thinking about backing off of their, their faith and commitment. He says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. Man, it's been a difficult year, man. I mean, there's been times where it's just been, man, I feel like I've just been, you know, hit here and hit here and hit here. And then you get hit here and you pivot and you're hit here. He says, you suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. 
it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. In just a little while, He who is coming, Jesus, will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who turns back or shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we belong to those who have faith and persevere and are saved. Man, he says, don't despise the difficulty, the testing, the trials that you're going through. Don't, don't let that again derail you. Don't, this warning to not let hardships demoralize you. Man, I can tell you, I've just, I've, I've seen this, I've personally lived it. I know for one of the hardest things to, to do in life is to go through failure, to go through difficulty and, and, and to get back up and get back into the game. Uh, so many times I think things happen in our lives and they hit us and they just, they just knock us out of the game and we have to get back up. He says don't, don't despise the difficult times that you're going, the trials, the tests, the producing something in you. Don't shrink back. And then last, he says this, don't depart. Don't depart from the path. Don't depart from the faith. Don't depart from your calling. The warning to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. He says this in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us or ensnares us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So he says, be careful, don't drift. Don't disbelieve. He tells us, don't degenerate. Don't despise. And then, don't depart. Let me end with this. You know, as we were planning this particular sermon, there was a group of us on our sermon planning team that was on a call and we were just talking about what we felt like would be relevant here at the end of the year. And we're just talking about, you know, we're sensing that, that a refocus, um, a, a pivot, um, so we were talking about that, and all of us, Tammy and Donnie and Nello and the different people on that, that, that team, Raymond, and, and we were saying, you know, we just sense that this is where, where we're at. And Nello made a great point. He said, man, I, I'm resonating with, with what you're saying because I come from Puerto Rico, and we're an island, and we're surrounded by water, and literally there are different currents in 
all different parts of the island. Like there's a different current in the north and a different current in the west and the east and the south. And he says, man, it's so true that before you get into the water, you have to know the different currents that are, that are going to be there. Because if you don't, man, they truly will completely take you off course. They will completely take you where you don't want to go. And, and they're dangerous. And he says, man, I, I, I so, he says, but you know what? There's training that we go through that, that are, that's talked about and, and taught to us about what you do in the midst of, of if you get caught in a current and you get caught. And I read this this week, I, I Googled and looked up like, okay, like currents and rip currents. And they all said this, they said, if you get caught in a current, what you do in the next minute to two minutes is the most important thing that will determine your ultimate success of getting out of it and navigating it or it becoming detrimental. What happens in that moment? And Nello said, he said, you know, it's so true because you, you get taught. Most people get distressed, they panic, they give up, they overreact. And that's what he says, you have to learn to center yourself, you have to learn to relax, you allow the current to take you, but you always keep your eye on the shore and you fix your eyes on a certain point. And that becomes, those things right there become the most important things in you navigating the currents and the rough waters. And I just want to encourage you that, that during this time of these currents, cultural currents, political currents, economic currents, racial currents, all these, these things that are coming in to our lives, don't drift, don't disbelieve, don't degenerate, don't despise, don't depart. Be intentional this next year. Be intentional. The things that He called us to do, be intentional with your spiritual journey. Be intentional with your walk. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus during this time and watch what God will do in this next season of time. We love you guys. Uh, can't wait to celebrate with you when we get back together in January. Excited for our message next week on January 3rd. Let me close in prayer. God, thanks so much that, um, uh, God, you come and you uh, encourage us during these times. God, even myself, I've felt at times, uh, man, I just kind of want to, it's getting difficult. I just kind of want to, walk away or God I just kind of want to um, and not fight as hard I, God these things that come in that, that, that want to pull us away um, God I thank you that um, you're an ever-present help in time of need thank you for your voice as even as it says in Hebrews 3 that don't despise uh, the the voice of the Lord 
who comes in to encourage us. And so don't let our, our hearts be hardened. So God, I just pray for every person who would feel, um, God, just this pull to drift or to be discouraged or to be disillusioned. God, uh, I pray, God, you would encourage them even today. God, give them the strength God, to take the steps that they need to take. Let, them, let us all draw near to you in this next season. Draw near to, to your presence. Draw near to your word. Draw near to your people. Draw near to your purposes, God, during this time. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.